You're listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. On this edition, a working group is now making a business plan for the creation of a public bank. What does that mean? And when could it happen? It's not your board of supervisors that's sitting as the board of the bank. Part of the job that we have is to develop the governance structure and that will include figuring out who is actually going to be on the board of the bank, who are they going to be accountable to, and how do we make sure that the members of that board are insulated from any conflicts of interest or apparent conflicts of interest. We are going to make sure that the bank governance is something that people can trust. I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Civic. A working group of experts in different relevant fields, from finance to affordable housing, has now been selected to start work on the business plan for a potential public bank in San Francisco. We've talked about the concept of a public bank before. You might remember Jackie Fielder, who's been active on this issue and who co-founded the San Francisco Public Bank Coalition. Here she is explaining in a brief PSA what public bank advocates' issue is with the way things are now. You pay taxes on your purchase to the local government. We think these taxes go straight to our community, but they do not. First, our city treasurer stashes it in big banks. Big banks invest our hard-earned taxpayer dollars to fund industries that promote pipelines, prisons, and weapons. Our tax dollars, our city, our bank. This idea is moving incrementally from concept toward reality, and the selection of the working group is the latest step. I talked with two of its members recently. Fernando Marti is the co-director of the Council of Community Housing Organizations, also known as CHUCHU, a sort of affordable housing umbrella group. Sylvia Chi is an attorney, and she was the principal co-author of AB 857, also known as California's Public Banking Act. And she's a member of the California Public Banking Alliance. We talked about what happens next in San Francisco and what kind of a timeline we're looking at for the city to actually try this out. So let's start with some basics and maybe clear up some common misconceptions. The idea behind a public bank in general is that municipalities invest their money. And they usually do this through, you know, big corporate institutions, which invest them in ventures of their own choosing, which can include things that the city might not want to support financially. So with a public bank, cities have an alternative to making those investments. Do I have that right? And how would you describe the main purpose of a public bank? I think that's that's a good summary. The main driver for public banking or what activated a lot of uh, activists who are interested in it, including myself, is finding a financial institution that could hold city deposits um, and then not turn around and, and use those deposits in a way that was harmful to the city. And can you describe what might be harmful to the city? Some examples include using deposits to to leverage investments in fossil fuel infrastructure. That was a a very common um, motivation for a lot of activists in this movement. Um, And other other, uh, examples include wage theft. A lot of uh, big banks have been found guilty um, of wage theft and, and other labor violations and also predatory lending. Lending also to other industries that are harmful like uh, firearms and tobacco and private prisons. Mm-hmm. Fernando, would you add to that? Is there is there something that you would describe as sort of the main purpose of creating a public bank for San Francisco? Well, I, th- I think, you know, 
from taking our, our deposits out of these harmful um, traditional either investments or banking structures. Part of the business plan is then going to be and what can we do uh, with the lending capacity of a municipally run bank? Uh, what are the alternatives around the um, social and environmental goals that the city has that are either not being met by traditional lending or where the leverage of a public bank could start to change um, how financing works. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear, this is not going to replace anyone's credit union or offer checking accounts for any individuals. This is an investment tool for the city and not a personal banking option, right? Exactly. Okay. And are there examples of public banks that do offer individuals you know, banking services? In the U.S., public banks are are very rare right now. Um, they were more common in the past. The major example is the Bank of North Dakota, which does not mm-hmm. do um, consumer services. But there are some other examples that are not as uh, directly com- uh, analogous. So like the Territorial Bank of American Samoa is one that was really created to provide um, consumer services, but that is not mm-hmm. what this this law is about. Mm-hmm. So, what is this law about? You're both members of this working group. It's going to move the city toward the development of a public bank. That means coming up with a business plan to submit to the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation for approval. It also means figuring out the timeline for the city to apply for a public banking license. How are you gonna? How do you get started with something like that? How will you go about this? It's not going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> the working group is supposed to start in the next couple months, I believe, and then we'll be meeting once a month for about a year, I believe. I think that one thing that we'll be doing is working with consultants who specialize in applying for bank licenses. Um, so that will help us just you know, use their expertise to have as successful an application as possible. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but there are specialists in this? Aren't we fairly unfairly new territory here? Well, specialists in applying for bank licenses in general, not public bank licenses. Uh So that's the closest. I didn't know that was a thing you could specialize in. Sorry, carry on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I think other than that, I think we're we're going to be doing a, a bunch of community outreach activities um, and making sure that the the public bank structure is meeting the needs of the community. Fernando, what are how are, do you think you're going to be going about this? What are some of the priorities for getting this off the ground? Well, as, as a, a business plan is the kind of first step is ensuring that the the bank that comes out the the back end of developing this business plan um, <laughs> is set up with the infrastructure that it needs to achieve its goals and so you know for us as sort of the housing seat or one of the housing seats on on this working group the discussion will largely uh, or our interest is largely around how this business plan um, creates the flexibility and the ability for the bank to promote uh, affordable housing goals in the city and housing stability goals in the city. 
We've got folks who will be looking at uh, a number of other issues around the kind of alternative lending that, that the bank can support. And we need to make sure that our business plan going in creates a bank that has the ability to do those things. Okay, you brought up a couple of things there that I want to drill down on. The first is, that is something I've heard before, that a public bank is going to advance the development of affordable housing. Um, how? Great question. And I don't have, you know, the, the specific answers. But what I'll say is part of the way that we finance affordable housing right now is through loans through traditional banks. And those loans are not necessarily made because traditional banks love to invest and lend to affordable housing, but because we have laws in place, the Community Reinvestment Act, that require banks um, to do that kind of lending. That said, those are the same banks that are investing in fossil fuels, are investing in or have connections to payday lending institutions, all sorts of kind of bad actors. And so the city's investments, whether they're in affordable housing or others, are now tied up with all of these things that at the same time we're passing resolutions and saying, we as a city don't support these things. We're going to support Standing Rock, but we are not having an alternative. We're forced to do that. So the first thing that I think a public bank will do around affordable housing is compete with that kind of lending and provide an alternative where the interest is going back to the people rather than uh, mm. to these private in institutions. From mm. there, we can start to think about then what are new kinds of lending that is either not being done or it's very difficult to get the traditional banks to do. Some of that might be rapid acquisition lending, uh, the kind of thing that we need to pounce on a piece of property or a building that speculators are looking at that we can say, this is part of the goal. This is a safe investment. It's going to be permanently affordable housing. Uh, you know those units are going to be rented forever because there is a need. This bank can move a lot faster. And just, just to jump in for a second to clarify what you're talking about there, if an investor picks up a piece of property where there's been long-term renters in place for a while, the concern there is that they're going to just find a reason to get the renters out of there and turn the thing into like TIC condos or something, right? Tenancy in common condos. Is that what you're talking about? That's right. And we okay. saw uh, a lot of this happen with multifamily buildings in the last recession. And uh, and again, part of this, this public bank discussion in San Francisco, it actually started in, in kind of mid- 2000s, uh, but it really picked up in uh, 2008, 2009 with the Great Recession. And so we've been mm -hmm. building up the political coalition and, and political support uh, around this for 10 years now to get to this point. So one of the stories that I like to tell about uh, lending and the impact that alternative lending institutions and, can have is that in San Francisco after the 1989 earthquake, banks uh, were not lending to the owners of brick buildings that were either um, unsafe, had been red tagged, maybe had people living in them still, but needed to be fixed up given the impact of the earthquake. The voters of San Francisco stepped in and approved uh, a seismic loan program that then provided loans specifically towards fixing up these buildings. And if you go you know, throughout 
downtown San Francisco, the Tenderloin, the North Mission, South of Market, Chinatown, a lot of those buildings uh, were brought up to new seismic standards thanks to that lending that the city provided. But what happened soon after was that it changed the lending market so that the, the private banks now said, hey, wait a minute, this is safe. This is the city's doing this. Now we will start doing that kind of lending. You know, it sort of created new competition, but it changed um, the lending world in significant ways. Uh, and I say that because I think that uh, a public bank will not only create new alternatives that have kind of preferential lending for the kinds of social goals and environmental goals that the city sets for itself, but that it will also change the whole system. The things that, it, that a bank in particular could work on. Uh, first is um, kind of having a rapid acquisition capacity, having the ability to say when there is a, um, a building or a site that might be lost to speculation that the bank can move quickly and acquire uh, those buildings. And in particular, uh, that's something that is really critical right now in the, uh, in the midst of COVID. Um, as we're seeing, you know, the news articles are talking about uh, billions of dollars in capital that investors have accumulated to buy buildings that are in new precarity uh, because of people's ability to pay rent uh, and so forth. And so our ability to stabilize our own communities in San Francisco could be largely dependent on having a bank that is willing to step in and lend for that kind of of acquisition. But beyond that, you know, there's that's sort of the, the work that we are already doing in San Francisco and that we need more lending. There's a lot of really exciting conversations happening around social housing, around um, going back to building limited equity housing cooperatives the way we used to do in the 50s and 60s and 70s and haven't done for many years. The community land trust movement is blowing up throughout California. And all of these are new ways of addressing housing. And as those develop, we need financial institutions that will be ready to act and support those kinds of new, new housing opportunities. And at the same time, there are growing interest, although this has been a, a really long conversation, so I say growing interest. Now I think we've got something um, live from um, AFL-CIO around using their own investment capacity around affordable housing. And so what could it mean to have the public, the city of San Francisco and its bank, leveraging these new sources towards the kinds of goals that we set for ourselves as a city? Yeah, you had mentioned... Uh, so those were the things... Sorry. So Go ahead. You, you had mentioned um, pensions, and I was actually going to ask you to clarify how what role do pensions play in, in the conversation around a public bank in this case? Maybe you can explain that a little bit more. Yeah, not, not directly yet. I think part of building a business plan is thinking about how we leverage these other conversations that are mm -hmm. happening. How do we create an ecosystem of alternative finance that really moves things in a big way? So I mention it because besides the public bank conversation, there are these other conversations happening within unions about how they invest their money. 
just as we're having a conversation here in San Francisco about how our city invests its money. And so there are potentials there to create synergies that can you know, create greater scale. So that's, I think that's why I, I mentioned that because it's, this isn't just a unique conversation mm. around city and, and cities and their investment. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking with Fernando Marti and Sylvia Chi, who are part of the newly appointed Reinvest in San Francisco Working Group, which will create a business plan for a public bank in San Francisco. Sylvia, I was going to ask both of you, but maybe I'll just ask you now because we've talked about affordable housing for for a little while now. Um, This working group is required to have people with certain areas of expertise on it. And as I understand it, you bring sort of this like broad understanding of public bank like law and, and the the context from the state level. Can you describe the seat that you have on this on this working group and how your expertise is going to shape that plan? Yeah. Um, so my expertise is through my participation in the California Public Banking Alliance, and I was one of the authors of the bill that passed in 2019, ABA 57, that creates the licensing framework as the first in the nation um, so that cities and counties can apply for these public bank licenses. So I have a a good understanding of that law and the regulatory framework around it. Um, In addition to that, I have expertise in clean energy and just transition. Um, I was recently the policy director of APEN, the Asian Pacific Environmental Network, which is an environmental justice organization. So I'm looking forward to helping develop out some possibilities for for lending for clean energy and uh, promoting resilience uh, in the city. And and Fernando, I think it's clear your area of expertise is affordable housing, but did you want to add anything in response to that particular question about what expertise you're bringing to to the development of this plan? I think that's, yeah, that's, that's the answer. And, you know, I think, as Sylvia said, you know, there's a lot of potential new opportunities beyond sort of the, the big housing discussion. There's the discussion around low-income homeowners facing foreclosure or as uh, aging homeowners look to create uh, new opportunities within their houses rather than kind of selling them to house flippers. There's a whole a whole range of things. And in creating the business plan, I think we have to be aware of all those things. So in a lot of ways, you know, in our small group of the reinvestment working group, we're bringing in our expertise, but we're also bringing in our connections and relationships mm-hmm. uh, to folks who've been working on all different parts of these, these social and environmental goals that we really want to set for ourselves and in the work. Yeah, which brings me to a different question, which is uh, where do you expect to lean on others' expertise to figure out how to do this? Because there are other people with specific areas of expertise that they're bringing to this to this working group. Yeah, and that's, I, I think, you know, part of the discussion around, you know, who, who should be invited to sit on this mm-hmm. was the exactly those relationships that we might have with, say, the Community Reinvestment Coalition or with, you know, in my case with folks working directly in lending for preservation projects, for example, through uh, the city's housing accelerator fund. So there's a lot of, you know, as we develop the outlines of what the bank will and will not do and what is the fiscally kind of responsible outline for this bank, 
those relationships and connections will be vital to, to making sure we mm. get it right. Yeah. Sylvia, did you want to add anything? Yeah, I, I think I, I wanted to just highlight that there are uh, a couple folks on the group that have significant experience running financial institutions. So we right. have um, folks from Self-Help Credit Union and Beneficial State Bank. So those are two mission-aligned financial institutions who, um, you know, have a lot of experience that I think will be really helpful. Um, and then some other folks on the group include a, a small business owner and some other people who are like closely connected with the community. So I think we have a, a good variety of, of folks who have the expertise that will um, make sure that this, this business plan that we develop uh, really serves the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that it, you know, makes sense. <laughs> One thing that I, feel like obligated to ask about because it always comes up um, when people see headlines or, you know, hopefully read entire articles about public banks is that they say, well, I don't really trust this government to make good decisions in general. Why should I trust them to run a bank? Especially when several of our city department's heads were, you know, in fairly recent memory, charged by the FBI with fraud and a corruption scandal that may still be unfolding. So there, you know, there may be some assumptions wrapped up in that, but could you respond to that concern about having this city run a financial institution? Yeah, um, I, I think the, the the first point that I, I like to point out is just that it's not this like it's not your board of supervisors that's sitting as the board of the bank. Um, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> so part of the part of the job that we have is to develop the governance structure, and um, that will in include you know figuring out who is actually going to be on the board of the bank, who are they going to be accountable to, and how do we make sure that the members of that board are. Uh, insulated from any um, conflicts of interest or apparent conflicts of interest. So that's definitely a big challenge to, to figure out how to get that balance right. Um, but it's also important to note that in the process of, of developing this plan and then actually applying for the license, we'll, there will be a lot of back and forth with the bank regulators. And it's their job to make sure that you know, any bank license that gets approved, that bank is not, you know, run corruptly and, and it, it, it's safe and sound. Um, so we are going to make sure that the, the, the bank governance is something that people can trust. Mm -hmm. Fernando, did you want to weigh in? I think that's that's perfectly right. I, you know, I think it's it's interesting when people uh, um, say that, you know, and, and I'll, I'll fall into that, that kind of thinking sometimes, but I think one of the things to be reminded us is, you know, how can we trust the private banks after right. 2008, Great point. Uh, especially, you know, after in, in the foreclosure crisis, when you saw person after person trying to figure out what was going on with their loans and they were getting the runaround either directly from the big bank or from one of their subsidiaries. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, 
you know, if you're if you're thinking about, you know, on, on the small scale, sure, you know, trust your, your bank to, to hold your money most of the time. Uh, but in we've seen time and again, not only, you know, major malfeasance and, and corruption, but just uh, a system that either, you know, particular banks depend on predatory practices or have linkages and as you know our, our friends at the community reinvestment act uh, have done all this our, our community reinvestment uh, group have done the research around um, the payday lending groups that really uh, are, are these predatory lending groups that are all connected to back to the big banks yeah so this is about creating an alternative with the social and environmental goals that a good governance structure put in place that is accountable mm-hmm. can create. And and I think that um, the more that there is conversation about this, um, the more people start to see, okay, I think I understand what the shape of this is now. But I, I have to admit, you know, on this show, we've talked about the concept of a public bank and the possibility of it being developed um, in San Francisco, at least on two other occasions. And now we're at a point where the city has this working group and it's seated and you're working on this. But I, I think that maybe we should do a little bit of like tempering of expectations. And I don't want to like sound as though something is about to happen if it's not necessarily imminent. I think uh, you had mentioned that it's going to, this working group is going to meet for about a year, once a month. It's going to develop this plan. It's going to develop a timeline. What should, you know, the residents of San Francisco be looking out for um, as a sign that like, oh, this is really happening now. And and what should we expect as this goes through the process? Like (laughs) when when is something actually going to start impacting San Francisco and and what should we be looking out for, if that makes sense? Yeah, I I think that um, it's important to keep in mind that the timeline is pretty long. Yep. Um, I think starting any bank, like a, a private sector bank, is, is not uh, something that you do instantly. Um, and this will take even longer because of how new it is. Um, I think that, you know, hopefully a year after we get started, we will have, we will be able to create a municipal finance corporation, which is not a fully fledged bank, but will be kind of the the starting point. And then the goal is that three years after that, um, the city is in a position to apply for the actual banking license and then have the public bank operating five at five years after we get started okay so not for a while <laughs> yeah it's a long haul. yeah yeah it can be frustrating but of course there are systems in place to make sure that what is created is going to be you know the fiscally responsible thing we've got huge ambitions about the alternative that a public bank can play um to our dependence on these traditional institutions and huge ambitions around the social and environmental goals we want to be able to support through the lending. But at the same time, we got to make sure that this is um, going to be solid um, and um, you know, a, a safe investment for um, the city of San Francisco and, and the 
taxpayers and, and, and residents of the city. Yeah. Makes sense. You don't want to rush this. Is there anything that either of you want to add about the concept of a public bank or this working group that I did not specifically give you a chance to talk about? Yeah, I, I think the, the public bank is part of a much larger discussion about the role of the public um, in building the infrastructure of our city going into the future. And there's, you know, discussions around the use of public lands um, that, you know, some agencies might want to privatize. Uh, there are, of course, huge discussions uh, uh, about, let's say, Medicare for all. Um, and I think it represents a shift in, in thinking that we're seeing in a, in a desire from the public and from policymakers to really take on um, the public responsibility for these critical pieces of infrastructure and, and you know, financing and lending is right at, at the heart of it all. Well, thank you both for your time and for explaining these somewhat tricky and difficult concepts for me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. That was Sylvia Chi, an attorney and member of the California Public Banking Alliance, and Fernando Marti, co-director of the Council of Community Housing Organizations. Both are members of the new Reinvest in San Francisco Working Group. I'm Laura Wenes, and you've been listening to Civic. Before I let you go today, at the Public Press, which is Civic's parent organization, we've been working really hard during this pandemic to pursue angles we're not seeing much coverage of elsewhere, or to take a more systemic look at the issues that are surfacing in the headlines. The San Francisco Public Press is a nonprofit, and we're inspired by the public radio model. That's the idea that people who are able to support the work that we do so everyone can have access to it without paywalls or ads. If you think we're onto something, we'd very much appreciate if you could show your support. You can do that by going to sfpublicpress.org slash donate, or by helping us get the word out about this show. Subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use, or leave us a review. It really does help. So thank you. 